Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network and thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I am a two-time, almost 10-year survivor of breast cancer. I work at Breast Friends of Oregon and when I have time, which is not very often, you can find me on social media or my blog at I Never Liked Pink. So today I'm super excited because I have woman here, Dana Denofri. Did I say that right? Donna Free. Donna Free. Okay. And she is the founder and CEO of Anna Ono, an intimates company for thrivers, survivors, women who've gone through breast cancer, and really anyone who wants comfortable, intimate wear. And I love it because one of their taglines is they're all boob inclusive. And that includes if you have no boobs, one boob, two boobs that you weren't born with, or anything in between. So She founded Anna Ono after going through cancer treatment herself because she couldn't find anything that that she liked that was comfortable and didn't pinch or twist or work for her for her new body. So she started this company. She has a background in in fashion and merchandising, but she really has put her entire heart and soul into this company. And she was one of our, as I, I think I mentioned, are the original guests of the show back when Becky and Sharon did it in 2016. And so much has changed. And we're going to talk about the evolution of the company over time. So Dana, thank you so much. Welcome for being here today. Oh, thanks, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here. Wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, the non-cancer stuff, you know, we'll get there. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I kind of love that. I mean, my non-cancer stuff that nobody ever starts with that one. So, uh, there, there was a whole part of us before we had cancer and even after, I mean, it's, it is, it is a huge part of our lives, but I'm like, wait, tell me about you. Otherwise, (laughs) where do I start? I don't start at where I was diagnosed at 27 years old. Um, no, I love this. So I, uh, live in Philadelphia with my husband of now, uh, he's my, well, he he can be considered my cancer husband. We had to postpone our wedding, um, Uh. when I got diagnosed, but he's, uh, we've been married for just about as long as I've had cancer and, uh, which is 12 years, but I live in Philadelphia with him and my cutest, uh, dog hooch, uh, who is 11 years old. And um, I'm a proud auntie to my sister's beautiful three children. I'm her god, their godparent. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I do what I can for joy and happiness in my free time. But mostly what I do all day, every day is run and manage Ana Ono, which I'm so, so, so excited about. And I, I'm really lucky that I get to do something I love every day. And um yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell, you know, it's, it's, uh, I love what I do. I love advocating, um, for breast cancer and informing and educating, and I love hanging out with my fam. So. Perfect. And it's what you said is so important that you love what you do because so many people are incredibly unhappy with whatever they do as a job or their career. And so many people who I love talking to them about it, they go through cancer and they, they either do a hundred, you know, complete 360 in what they choose to do because they want to give back or share information. But you, you kind of took what you were doing a little bit and really streamlined it because you wanted something for yourself, but also to help other women who've gone through it. So that's, that's huge. And it makes it much easier to do your work every day when you enjoy it. 
Oh my God. Absolutely. I, I realize how incredibly lucky I am. I've, I have for my whole life. I've been a fashion designer my entire life. And I can say that because I started making clothing when I was eight years old and uh, selling it to my friends. So legit, uh, total really, entrepreneur. Really, really, yeah. Always, <laughs> always. And, um, and you know, I, it is, you are surrounded by people in most cases that just like, you're either check, you know, just showing up to collect the check or chasing the paper and like are miserable. And I just, you know, especially after breast cancer, I was like, I am not doing a single thing in my life that does not bring me joy because life is too short. And I don't have any time to waste it on people, places, or things that I do not enjoy. That is so perfect. I, I turned 50 last year and especially all coming up on my almost 10 years from my first diagnosis, I have no more F's to give. Like I, I do what I want. And I mean, yes, I have responsibilities and family and, and I love what I do, but I'm really much more protective of my time and myself. Because as you said, like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And if we're not enjoying what we're doing, it's why, why do it? Well, time is now an asset, right? It's, it really does. Time has a definition after you've been faced with something really traumatic, especially like a cancer diagnosis. Like for me, I was 27 years old. So I thought I was untouchable. I thought like the life was for the living and I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I could drink as much as I want and party as hard as I want and travel as much as I want and work as much as I want. Because like the world was my oyster, you know? And, and now it's like 12 years later, I, I am now 40. I never thought I was going to get the opportunity to turn 40. Like it was like a big milestone birthday for me. And there was just this reality that time is limited. And if I don't make the best out of it, every moment I have, then I'm going to have too many regrets that I didn't do what I wanted to do. And, and that's a very real thing when you live the life as a young breast cancer patient is that uh, you lose people very, very often. Yes. Unfortunately, we've experienced that at Breast Friends a lot in the past few years and it is devastating, but we continue to do what we do because of those that are still out there and in loving memory of the others who have passed. It's, it's absolutely right. And, and to see the hard work that we all put in for one another, whether we're early stage or terminal is to me, like one of the special pieces of this community, because with the founders before the founders before the founders have built, you know, still can live on, right? These legacies and the ways that uh, people dream of touching and helping and supporting others, like it exudes beyond just themselves. And, and that to me is such a beautiful piece of seeing those that are diagnosed with breast cancer step out and do something about it, because we know that there's a lot of work still left to do. And small organizations that help people locally or large organizations that are funding research, right? They're all important for their bits and pieces that they have. And, you know, I mean, I have so many organizations and friends that I've lost over the last 12 years and it's just, you know, they're all still there and still helping people. And it just makes me so proud. Well, you should be. So really quick, give me the uh, short synopsis of your cancer because we have so many other things to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, no. So, so here's my cancer intro. Uh, but I, I mentioned I was diagnosed a uh, day before my 28th birthday and that was in 2010. So we were living in a very different world in that mm-hmm. era. Um, but that's where I found myself. And uh, I think at that point in time, the youngest person I was diagnosed to with cancer, uh, had just turned 50 years old 
And at 27, that's a pretty large gap. Uh, she was. It, it definitely to- used to be an old woman's disease, and I, I say Absolutely. that I say that with much love. But times have changed. Times have changed, and it, and and honestly, it wasn't that it was that different. We just weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the same level of exposure. We didn't have the same insight. I mean, we do see cancer diagnoses happening sooner in a lifetime than what they were happening 20 and 30 and 40 years ago. That is statistically noted. Uh, it's scary that it's starting to jump down by, by decades and, and become increasingly, uh, increasingly dangerous for younger people. And, you know, it, it was just, it was a really crazy time to get diagnosed with this little tiny itsy bitsy bump I found why, while I was in the shower. Um, and yeah, that phone call to the doctor didn't turn out to be nothing. It turned out to be the biopsy that led to, you know, the MRIs and the PET scans and the CT scans and the diagnosis. And I, I was uh, diagnosed stage one invasive ductal carcinoma, HER2 positive, ER positive, PR negative. So, um, I had done six rounds of chemotherapy, a bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction, a year of Herceptin and eight and a half years of hormone suppressant drugs. So I am proud to say that this last December was the first time I felt cold since my diagnosis because I had taken myself off of all of the um, medication because I, I couldn't do it anymore. And if I was going to live my life, I was going to live it the way I wanted to. And um, I'm 100% with you. I actually just made that decision for myself. I hit the five-year mark and my quality of life was down the tubes. I, I felt like I was a hundred years old and mm-hmm. I've been off now for almost two months and I, I'm so happy. Like I can do things. I went on a a two mile walk yesterday with a friend, which doesn't sound like much, but I felt great and I'm back on my Peloton. And like, I feel like a human being again. So, you know, there are many women out there who do go longer term, but for me, I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm done because I was not happy. (laughs) Well, it, it got the same. My quality of life was then immeasurable. And, yes. and some people don't have a choice, right? We know mm-hmm. our stage four counterparts have yes. to fight and battle through that pain and that angst every single day of their life. And that's really, really difficult. And, you know, there, there was a lot of me understanding my friends with stage four that really heavily both impacted and informed my decision to take myself off. And yeah, I mean, it got to the, I I could not get out of my bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. Couldn't do it. So I had to like swing my legs over to the side of the bed. I had to like tippy toe on the floor. And then I had to like start bending and kicking my legs like like a 90 year old. Yeah. You know, I would imagine that's how I'm supposed to feel when I can't get out of bed at 90. And then I would stand up like, and I would just have to stand there until like the blood finally made its way through my legs. And then I would like creep into the bathroom, like so it's like, I, and then I had to walk up and down the hallway before I could even take my first flight of stairs. I mean, it was just, I was like, yeah. this is not, I, I, if I, if I needed to do this, I would do it. But the reality is, is that at what cost? And I really yes. had to sit down and say, at what cost am I putting myself through this? And if my cancer comes back, my cancer will come back and I will deal with that because yep. at this point, eight and a half years yep. on those awful medications was enough. Yes. And, and that's kind of actually will lead me to my next question was how you formed your company because it was, you were in survivorship, which is a struggle. There's so many parts that are hard, but trying to find 
something comfortable to wear post mastectomy because you were young. At that point, you were 28. You still wanted to wear cute, sexy things, you know, with your with your fiance and, and kind of feel somewhat normal, but it wasn't out there for you. So how did you decide like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to found this company because people need it and you needed it. Twofold. I mean, you're right. People needed it and I needed it. And it was two things. I mean, one, I really kind of stepped back and I was like, there are no other young women with breast cancer. No wonder I'm the only one in this world with, with this problem. And to 2010, I was like, young women don't get breast cancer, but somehow I did. And there's a reason why all of these bras look like grandma bras, because grandmas <laughs> are the ones getting breast cancer. Like yes. it just made sense to me. And I said, well, I can't be the only one. And um, I started, I, I did start to join like a support group where we did yoga in Denver, Colorado for like the healing. So we like did a lot of chest opening uh-huh. exercises and, and really trying to heal from the surgeries and, and just keep blood flowing from chemo. And I, I didn't get engaged in that until after my last breast reconstructive surgery. And I just went up to the yoga teacher and I, and I asked her, I said, you know, could I just ask the room a question? And so I was like, Hey, like what bras does everybody wear after surgery? And it was like, I just opened up Pandora's box. I realized like, the fact that we weren't able to identify with ourselves, self-express ourselves, um, dealing with the trauma of the mastectomies and the breast surgeries and the chemo and everything that is packed in on that. It was like, I just opened up Pandora's box because it was like either like these life hacks about how people were cutting their bras apart, putting them back together. One moment I was in Colorado was like, you have to buy this wool bra. Wool? Wool. (laughs) Cause that sounds comfy. (laughs) <laughs> wool from like one of the major, I don't know if it was Patagonia or North face or whoever mm-hmm. it was, but it was like for like extreme female hikers that like go into sub zero temperatures because my implants were going to get cold. Yes. Right. Like it was just like, it was all of these things. And I'm like, this is so wild. Like we're really sent out and pushed out into the world to just figure this all out ourselves. And that's when I started to investigate because I realized it was my bra that was dictating so much of my life. Like I couldn't dress myself. I, again, I was 28 years old. So I was working every single day through my entire therapy. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't have the luxury to go home and heal and go home and recover. Because if I went home to heal or home to recover, I would have lost my car. I would have lost my house. I would have lost everything. And so I was working every day and I'm trying to like, get myself into a boardroom where I'm like wearing like a t-shirt that's like hiding my neon green sports bra straps. And I'm like, I can't live like this. Like nobody should have to live like in their sports bra. And then the other parts of yourself, right? Like I could not look at myself in the mirror. Like I don't have any nipples. The expanders looked like I called them my SpongeBob square boobs. Yeah. And it was just like, I understood how a square peg could not fit into a round hole or whatever that saying is, because like my tits were square, like there was no <laughs> round to them. Like the expanders that they have now, I'm like, oh, wow. Like that's an expander. I'm like always shocked because like mine yeah. were building blocks. Mine were, mine were baseballs, hard as a rock right. and baseballs. So mm-hmm. hard, so hard. And I was just like, this is like, at that point, I like, I kind of understood why I couldn't wear things, but I also couldn't look at myself in the mirror and So like, how was I supposed to like love or be loved if I didn't love myself? Right. Like I, I probably, I went through at least a year of my life, never looking in the mirror, not until my Mm -hmm. mastectomy tattoo was I able to actually look in the mirror. And 
uh, the pictures prove it, trust me. But <laughs> there's just this like, you know, it's, it's so wrapped up and it was just because like, I didn't feel comfortable. I was always uncomfortable if I was wearing a bra that I found in a store that I thought fit me. And so it like really did just a lightning bulb went off in my body and in my head and was like, Dana, you actually have the skill set, the expertise and the experience to do something about this. And, and all I knew was like, I was going to have to try, like, I didn't know if I was going to sew bras at night when I came home from work and sell them on Etsy, or if I was going to have a store or if I was going, you know, I had no idea what it was going to turn into. And speaking of like being back in the podcast on in 2016, right? Like we just launched in May, 2014. So how y'all even found me? Back <laughs> I think at that point they were Googling like anything to do with breast cancer because, Probably. you know, and it, as their things were very different, even six years ago. And um, I know neither, neither one of us went back and listened. So who knows what, what they talked about then, but yeah. <laughs> um, now you were still working full-time though, for quite a while while you were developing on a Ono. Tell us about how that was for you. Well, uh, funny. Um, I was working full-time because I had to fund the business. Uh, I had a really successful career. I got paid a ton of money. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I was able to take that money and apply it to my startup costs. And the reason is, is because, you know, when I started this business, nobody thought that this was a business. They just, uh, people did not understand uh, why somebody without breasts would want a bra. People didn't understand uh, breast reconstruction. They didn't understand why, uh, why a breast cancer cared about how they looked or felt. Um, right. Shouldn't they just be happy they're alive? What, what do yeah. they need special bras for? Right. Why should we feel beautiful and sexy? And uh, why, why should we, why should we feel like ourselves? Why should we? Right. Like that was literally the questions I was answering. And I, I really, it really made me feel crazy. It really made me feel like, am I making a problem out of nothing? And this is again, a very big different era, uh, Victoria's secret got challenged, uh, to, you know, carry mastectomy bras. And they publicly said, no, thanks. We're not interested. Um, there was like a huge change.org with the mother and a daughter that like had all of these thousands of signatures for like Victoria's secret to have a mastectomy bra because mm -hmm. you couldn't wear anything in their store. And like, they were the go-to, right. This is before e-com blew up with bra companies and your Facebook ads are like full of bras. Like there just was so limited access. And I just, I didn't know why the world was turning their backs on us. Like we're not a small number of humans. We're a quite impactful position of a community. We're one in eight women that get diagnosed. Well, and I feel like too, you know, it's the saying that is all the time, like it's the club no one ever wants to join, but has the best members. And I really, there is some special connection for women or, you know, or, you know, those identify as non-binary binary in the cancer community. It's, it's something that affects our womanhood and mm -hmm. how we you know, how we feel about our bodies because breasts are so prominent as being a woman. And when that is affected, it's like, really, it brings people together as I, th I feel like in a way that other cancers kind of don't. Well, it's very physical. It's physical mm -hmm. and it's mental because it compounds on itself. I mean, we are talking about amputating a part of our body 
And that isn't just any part of the body. It is a sexual organ. So yes, it's going to be linked whether or not you like your tits, right? It it really has nothing to do with that. I mean, it does for some people, I shouldn't say that, but like, it's about like our breasts are not sexualized because people have sexualized them, but because they are sexual, like, and we should feel that we should want to keep our sexual organs attached to our bodies. And we should want to keep parts of our bodies attached to parts of our bodies. I mean, there's, you know, we're, we are landslides ahead in testicular cancer and all of these others, because if we were always chopping off balls, there would be a a whole, be a whole different story. Mm -hmm. It'd be a whole different story. Wouldn't it not to say that every male gets to keep his ball set, but most do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's just the difference of where our treatment exists and where that impacts our overall health and well-being and just how connected all of these things are. So we want to be sexual humans, right? Like it's not a dirty word. Like we are put on this earth to be that. And I felt like the world was just because and this goes back to like that start, right? Is because the world a d- didn't understand what was happening to breast cancer patients because all of the billboards, all of the stories were pink ribbon, this cheerlead, this tutu, that feather boa, yay, breast cancer. And you're like, no, <laughs> I'm not jumping up and down with a smile on my face that I have a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm definitely not jumping up and down that I just chopped my tits off. Like I'm not jumping up and down because my hair and eyebrows and eyelashes are gone. And I have all of this chemotherapy and hormonal treatment and the list goes on and on and on. And I've been through menopause twice before 40, we can go on and on and on about the things, but it's just like, we weren't talking about cancer appropriately. And, and that was a huge pivotal moment for me and, and Ana Ono was, I was like, why am I always explaining to everybody? I swear to God, it's going to come back around to your question. Why am I always explaining to everybody that was like a chemo tangent right there, uh, why and what I'm doing and to who it's for. And I just identified that I have to explain what breast cancer is because we don't know. People don't know that underneath these clothes, I don't have any nipples. People don't know for some individuals that wear breast forms or have amputated one breast that they're flat or those that have been living flat from mastectomies for the last five decades, you know, weren't saying, Hey, openly, like, I don't have breasts here and I wear scarves and I wear ruffles. and I do all these things to like attract the eye because we're women. We adapt, we overcome, we fix our problems. We solve our issues. Like this is ingrained in who and what we are. So it's like, I realized that we had to have a moment where we showed the world or we had a discussion with the world about what breast cancer was. And that's when I was able to do that in 2017 at New York Fashion Week. And from there, it's just been like now with Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all of these platforms and everybody sharing their story. I think we've advanced a lot, but there still are people. I mean, I said the other day on the call, I said, well, I don't have any nipples. And she goes, what? (laughs) Right. So like, there's still this, like this world of the unknown. So why did Mm -hmm. I work full time? It's because nobody believed I had a business. Got it. Because nobody knew or thought or realized that there's millions upon millions of people out there that need an alternative to like a bra that's made for humans with two breasts. Like you can clout inclusion all day long, but you're not inclusive if you don't have bras for people that don't have breasts. Like it can be skin tones, it can be sizes, but if you're still only dressing a two breasted human, 
you are now doing the complete opposite of being inclusive. And 100, that's 100 what I've been fighting for for the last eight years. <laughs> well, it's obviously a success because you're still here. You are obvi- you're now the full-time CEO. You were able to quit your, your prior career and transition it into this. Um, really quick side note, just because I know it's funny. Where did you come up with the name of the company? Oh, so I love this. Uh, so Ana Ono comes from my name, Dana Donafree, uh, without the double D's. I think that's hilarious. I was, I was reading something about you or or, or listening to another podcast. I'm like, that is awesome. I love that. Um, because you know, it's, it's funny to make it all about you, but not about you, you know, without the, the taking out the double D's, which, cause you lost your boobs. Well, the other funny part is, is that if you actually knew me before cancer, I was like a B cup on a period week. So my friends think it's really funny. I love that. What is the, um, I know we've, we've talked quite a bit about it, but what is the mission? Like if you had to say, this is what I'm doing, what is the mission of on a, on a, my mission is to just really impact and empower individuals where they are in life. I think that what's happened with Ana Ono over the last eight and a half years is that, um, we're, you know, I, I love to say that we're more than just a bra. The, the bras are beautiful. The bras are insanely comfortable. I literally wear them every day. I don't produce anything that I cannot like wear test for an entire week. Like that's how obsessed I have to be with the style before it ever makes it out to anybody else. And, um, and it's just, and the reason why I say that is because what we have identified over time is that what we deal with and face as breast cancer patients is one extreme, but there's a lot of these extremes out there, right? There can be uh, individuals that have had birth defects um, where their breasts have, have developed and grown at two very rapid different rates. Uh, I've talked to um, mothers that have gone through plastic surgery just to have a renewed sense of confidence because their husbands have been beating them because they think that they're ugly. Mm. You know, like these things are real things in the world. Uh, We have a lot of really amazing uh, conversations with those that are transitioning and going through gender affirmation surgeries. It's, uh, it's so interesting to me how the brand and how, what we have offered as an alternative to the lingerie market has really just fed us with so many incredible, impactful stories of these intimate moments of our lives, right? And and to me, like, that's the mission is I want to meet every single one of our clients where they are in life. It could be at a moment of struggle because they've just been diagnosed with breast cancer. It could be at a moment of confusion and, and maybe... Uh, exploration because of the way that they want to change their lifestyle. It could be because they had breast cancer 20 years ago and had a awful reconstruction and they're getting a revision. And it's kind of like triggered all of these old emotions and feelings that they had, but like, we also weren't here 20 years ago to help them. And now we are right. So like, for me, it's about meeting everybody where they're at and giving them the confidence if they have breasts, if they don't have breasts, if they had the breasts and they lost them, if they had never had the breasts and they got them, whatever that is, like, it's just, we're so more intertwined with one another than what we ever realized. And I, I just want people to feel beautiful. 
and feel comfortable and not feel like they're forced into some certain body type or body shape that they don't exist or have. And, you know, or if they want to make it, they can make it like, it's like dealer's choice in our land. And I just want to, you know, I just want to like share those stories and impact others because I mean, we get notes and messages when we post somebody's story and they're like, I thought I was the only one dealing with this. I thought I was the only one with X, Y, or Z. And just that feeling, and that's why one of our slogans is never alone, because like just that feeling to know that you're not alone in this world and somebody has likely faced the same trauma challenge that you have, that somebody else is there on the others. You may never meet, you may never talk, you may never connect, but at least you've read or heard the story and and that can impact you on, on deeper levels. It is. It is so important to realize that someone else gets it. They, yeah. they understand they've been through and what you've done for, for these people who've had issues with their breast is, is truly amazing. And you've, it's obviously turned into success because you've branched out into so many other things on your website. You have lingerie and loungewear, and it's, it's all so beautiful. Um, I, I will say I don't wear bras very often because I don't have to now, but, um, but I do have a whole, apparently I need to go on your website and buy some because I never have, but I, I live in tank tops. Um, you know, I, I had, I didn't have nipple reconstruction. I had, I had nipples tattooed for me, but, um, yeah. And it's so many people still want the, the, the bra or war, whatever. And so I, I applaud you so much on that, but talking, also talking about sharing your stories. If you go on YouTube, you have a plethora of videos with women, sharing what they've been through, um, on your YouTube channel. And I love your initial never alone videos. Um, can you tell us how you came up with that idea? And oh my ex- God, it is so ex- old school. explain uh, it for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate your experience too, because, uh, the whole, it was funny, you know, we, I always say just because you don't have to wear a bra doesn't mean you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big experience. Like you said, you you're like a tank top queen, right? Like that's your solution. It's also been 10 years and there's a lot of change. And like, for me, I was like, I was always hot with hot flashes. Like I yeah. cannot wear a camisole underneath my clothing. I am burning up mm. to the sky. Like, and one more layer of something literally blows my mind. And sure. these are like, again, dealer's choice, right? Like, so like having options for people that are camisole lovers or bra lovers, or maybe they only buy the bra to wear in intimate moments because they don't wear one all day long. So, you know, there's all sorts of different ways and, and pathways, but either way I'm hooking you up. So if, you, if now that you told me you don't have an on, I don't know, forget <laughs> I know I need to go online and say, I want that and that and that. Yeah, exactly. But you know, like the, I, every year for our anniversary, I go back to YouTube and I watch this incredible, outrageous video that I dreamt up in my head that was produced by a dear friend of mine, Tracy Birdsell, and her husband did all of the editing, actually. He's a a editor in California for Hollywood. And um, I just wanted this story of what I was dealing with and both personally and as Ana Ono to, to sort of be told in a video format. And I had met my uh, dear late friend, Jill Conley, who passed away of stage four metastatic disease, uh, like a year, maybe a year and a half after we shot the video. And she was really my muse. Like I met her, I fell in love with her. We didn't, we knew we were creating the video. And then all of a sudden I said, I have a muse. 
I have somebody who I want to like be like Dana inside the video. Cause it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be me. And as a creator, we just don't usually do that, but it was just, it was such a beautiful piece of like showing that struggle, like showing that struggle of like what it feels like to wake up every day and like, just go through this like cancer conveyor belt, like going through those moments where you can't get out of bed, where you don't feel like getting out of bed, but then you're forced to get out of bed. And then you're forced to kind of like go around with your life with all of these solutions that just don't make sense for you. And one of them, like, to me, it's like, you start your day with your underwear drawer. Like you wake up in the morning and you say, what am I going to wear today? And the first thing, either before or after your shower, you open up that underwear drawer and just how debilitating that one simple pull of the underwear drawer was for me every morning, because I just looked at tons and tons of things I couldn't wear. I looked at all of this waste of money. I got so frustrated because I'm like, why in the world does nobody make a bra for me? And it was just like, I started my day every day with that very negative thought and feeling and pressure and all of that. And so it was just like the bra drawer was literally ruling my life. And I wasn't even, trust me before, before cancer, I actually wear more bras today than what I did before cancer, because like I Mm -hmm. thought the hottest thing, as I mentioned, I was a B cup on a period week. So I almost never had to wear a bra. And I thought it was like the sexiest things to be like tits out and like a very low button shirt. Like I love that look, like that was the Dana look. And the fact that I just was like, had all of this angst over something I thought I never actually cared about was like really shocking. So it's like, it's like this reinterpretation of how controlling that, like that one action of my day really was over me until, until I got so fed up. I actually take that drawer and I busted on the ground because like, that is my moment that I get to start making my own decisions. That was the moment where I said, I am no longer going to let this be the thing that affects my life. I'm going to do something about it and doing something about it was creating Ana Ono. And, um, and then, you know, we kind of go into this like fantasy land where we meet others that are like us and we see each other. And some of us have boobs and some of us don't have boobs. And it's just like, to me, I look back at it, I smile and I laugh a little bit because it was so goofy uh, now looking back, but it was really powerful and amazing uh, when we turned that. No, I <laughs> loved it. Backwards, but yeah, that it will never haunt me. I will never be embarrassed by it because to me, it was just a very special moment that I really set out to try to change the conversation. Well, and how you also changed the conversation is your collaboration where you ended up at the New York Fashion Week, which I found, I find fascinating. So tell us about that. Well, that uh, again was uh, an opportunity from my very dear late friend, Champagne Joy. And, uh, you know, best name ever, by the way, best name ever, actually official real name ID and everything. And um, Champagne was just a force to be reckoned with. And and Champagne honestly set me on my path forward for advocating uh, for stage four breast cancer research and really empowered me and impacted me uh, in many, many ways in my life. But she was always in the art scene in New York. And she just, uh, we were having breakfast one day. She says, I have an opportunity that you can't turn down. And I said, yeah, what is it? She said, well, I was going to do a New York Fashion Week show for, she had an organization called Hashtag Cancerland. And the designer pulled out last minute. Can you be my designer? And can you be ready in two weeks? 
that. Like, um, sure. Let me, let me think about that. So I said to her, champagne, as much as I love you dearly, like I actually, my background is in high fashion. So I've dressed celebrities from Beyonce to Oprah, to Ellen, to Christina Aguilera. I'm aging myself with some of these, but like, that was my life. Mm -hmm. So New York fashion week is, is not nothing to me. Oh no, it's, you know, I, I'm not a fashion person at all. And I know how important that is. Yeah. It's like the Oscars to fashion designers, right? Like you just like, it, it is the moment of the year, multiple times a year, twice a year. But, and I was like, champagne, I love you, but I, as a designer cannot do anything in two weeks with no staff, no people, no sample maker. I would have to make everything myself. And I, I, I literally don't have the bandwidth. I, I would never go out there and fail. Sure. And I said, so how about we don't, and this was in September. I said, how about we not do the September New York fashion week? Can you get that same opportunity for February? And she's like, so frustrated. Dana, you can do it. And I'm like, no, trust me, I can't do it. She says, okay, let's go back. So we decided we would push it out to February. And uh, the reason why I love the show is because we were talking with the producer of the show. And, and when we did the show in 2017, that CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America or Association, something like that, uh, deemed uh, a woman's nudity by the sight and visual of her nipples. Right. Mm-hmm. And because of the show production, uh, he had been deemed several different times with other designers and the CFDA put him on like a warning watch said, list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you do this, you will no longer be able to produce shows at New York fashion week. And I said, don't worry. You won't see any nipples. Like I will find you models without nipples. And we did. I mean, some of our models walked out topless that were flat um, and had no breasts at all. And, and at the end, um, and yellow took, we called her, we coined her glitter tits because <laughs> we had, she had glitter all over her body. And she's like, at the, I want to step out at the end of the runway and I want to unhook the sexy bra and I want to fling it off. And then I want to show the world my nippleless boobs. And I was like, cool. Let's great. Let's, let's do it. Try it. And, uh, and so when she took off the bra, this, I must've, when she got glittered, there must've just been so much gold glitter and the cups of the bra, which was not intended. She literally confetti gold glitter at the end of the (laughs) runway. It was magical. The entire room just like uproared and went insane. And then I was like, we've done something here. And that's when we went viral on New York times, like that night after the show. And you, this is something that you've continued on every year. Isn't that correct? We have up until COVID. Oh, yeah, yes. it's really a bummer. So we've, uh, we have collectively raised um, almost half a million dollars for stage four metastatic breast cancer research, just with that one activity from 2017 to 2020. And we're excited to get back to the runway. Uh, it's probably not going to happen in September, but maybe we'll be back in February uh, we just, you know, we're, we're cautious. It's, it's a very risky environment. There's a lot of stage four uh, community that comes to the show. And I just, I honestly, I would not live with myself if somebody got yep. COVID and, and had a very rough time with it or super spreader event or whatever that might be, whatever. Um, it's just, it's not safe in the environment that we can produce it in. So uh, we're, we're putting it off and, and trying yep. to let the world heal a little bit. That totally makes sense. And you've all, you've raised all this money also for stage four, but you also support other organizations like the breasties and pink warrior advocates. Why is this a part of what you do? 
it's, uh, you know, it's, it's in part that I want to give back as much as possible uh, from working with the breasties that helps bring community to young, younger patients and young communities from living beyond breast cancer, where, you know, the work is to educate and inform Metaviver to fund stage four research. Uh, Pigware advocates, we do a bra, um, a bra assistance program with them. So if you don't have uh, the, the financial backing or cancer is just too much in your finances, you can apply to get what you need for your post-surgical garments um, through the organization. I just, it, it's, it's a part of my entire ethos, right? Like if I had time, I would create my own nonprofit that would um, do a lot of things. But I, to me, it's just like, I want to do what I'm really, really good at. What I'm really, really good at is designing and making product. And if I can partner and help and support all of these organizations doing incredible work, I would rather be able to do that because to me, it, it takes an army, right? Mm-hmm. I, Ana Ono is one tiny piece of the puzzle for survivorship. Um, because we know it's like your beauty products. Like I remember going to buy all new beauty products. I've probably been through 50 different versions of organic deodorant. I'm still on that path. <laughs> you know, like I'm still trying to find that deodorant that works. I, I have um, to change mine out like every two months because it'll work and then it stops working. And yeah, so you, you wear it, it stops working. I, I like, I have a cycle of three brands that I cycle back and forth from. And I, yep. you're absolutely right. You, I like shift in between all of the organic deodorants. I don't even know why our bodies do that, but they do. Yeah. Um, face creams, body creams, clothing, you gain weight, you lose weight. It's like, it is an unrelentless, like financial beast in our lives. Our diets, our food, organic versus non-organic. It's like the checklist just doesn't stop. And I want to be able to like create that ethos of saying like, I might not be able to support you with this exact issue, but here's an organization that can, here's Unite for Her that can help you with alternative treatments. Here's Living Beyond Breast Cancer that has a great blog about your breast cancer. Here's the breasties so you can meet another young woman and not feel alone. Like this is just like, to me, what we need uh, to get through it all because like, it's a big pile of poo and we need each other. 100%. Are you familiar with the Ayers Foundation? Wait, I love Ayers. Ayers is great. They have uh, help you uh, fund your breast reconstruction yes. if you're not able to afford it, which is incredible. There's also another one called Mission Plasticos mm-hmm. uh, as well in California. So if that's an option that you need, like, and again, like it's like this resources are just plentiful and, and, and organizations like you all, right? Like in groups, like we've, we have to hear, talk, learn, and, and understand one another. And so much of that is through like work like this and podcasts and blogs. And, you know, I just like, I love, like you said, our community has the best members because we care about each other just as much as we care about making a difference to those that are going to be afflicted by this disease. Definitely. And one thing that you've done with Ana Ono, you actually have, well, one thing on your website, when I was perusing it, I love that there are women at all shapes, sizes, and colors like that is it. You are at the, the forefront of inclusivity and diversity on there. And so bravo on that because not everyone has picked up on that yet, which boggles my mind. It's true. And, you know, I, I really, I get a lot of recognition for it, which I, in some ways don't feel like I deserve because to me, it's like cancer doesn't discriminate, right? Like cancer literally affects all of us. So like, why wouldn't that be represented? But 
in all realities, like when I created Ana Ono, that was a huge reason why I was like, I am so offended, utterly, deeply, grossly offended that I had to go to the internet to look for a mastectomy bra. I'm air quoting for those that are not watching the video <laughs> are tuning in because all I was getting delivered was like these beautiful, healthy, gorgeous busts and cleavage models. And I was just like, these people are gross. If that's what they think I need right now is like a reminder of how my breasts used to look. They are vastly misinterpreting their audience. And so like, to me, when I created, I was like, I'm going to show the bras on people that need the bras. Like it was just a no brainer to me. And, and really I was the first brand that put actual breast cancer patients <laughs> and survivors <laughs> on the internet in a bra that showed scars. <gasps> yeah. Like I, I, and trust me, when I first launched, people would talk to me like, are you sure that that's what people want? Is, is that appropriate? Is that appropriate? And I'm like, yeah, like we can't erase our port scars. I'm not going to put makeup on a porn scar to cover it up or my or radiation tattoos, or if a scar is peeking out of the side of a bra, because some people care. Some people want their bras to pop out or their scars to pop out and show them to the world. And some people are still really disturbed by it and want them covered up. So like, I want that person to know, is my scar going to show or not show? Because that means something to the people that we serve. So I just bought a new bathing suit top and I have cherry blossoms on one of my breasts and it cut really low. And one of them came out. I was like, Oh, it's kind of cute. <laughs> it's super cute. Did you know my mastectomy tattoo is cherry blossoms? <gasps> I did not. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I had a latissimus back flap on my left side. And so mm-hmm. much more work on my left breast. So in addition to the nipples, that one has cherry blossoms on it. Um, well, I know there's your website, obviously, but is there a storefront uh, or any way where women can actually go look for your products? Yeah. I mean, we were mostly sold online, but we are carried in Soma. Um, so if you do shop Soma, which also has a beautiful seamless line as well, that has like a really comfortable, like tank sort of, uh, Mm -hmm. style, uh, but we are carried in Soma. So we're in 120 of them. You can come to our website and see which Soma stores, uh, we're located in. And then we have probably about 50 stores nationwide that carry us some actually, uh, this is really, really important. If you've had a breast cancer diagnosis, or you try to prevent one or you're, you're preventing one with a mastectomy, as long as you have been diagnosed and you've had the mastectomy surgery or even a lumpectomy surgery, your bras are covered by your health insurance. Mm-hmm. So you can sometimes receive four to six bras a year that is covered by your insurance provider. All you need is a prescription from your doctor. And all you need is to look up one of our stores on the store locator to go grab, you know, the Ana Ono bras. And if you want to buy them online and you can submit claims to your health insurance, if you've got private insurance, it's usually the best but we can always give you a reimbursable receipt where they'll give you some money back. They won't usually give you all money back, but they'll give you a, a portion of your sale uh, returned as, as a part of the claim process. So it's a benefit that most patients yeah. don't even know exists. And I, I had an idea about it, but literally I'm going to go send a message to my PA in the, my chart right now. Like, um, can I have my bra prescription please? So mm-hmm. I can go and buy some bras for myself. Um, and one thing I love that you offer for, for in your, your, line is you have different lines, I guess, called recover, reclaim, reveal, and revive. And, you know, love the alliteration there, but tell us why you have those differentiations and what they are. 
Well, uh, the reason why there are all these iterations of re is because I hate, disagree with me if you want, I hate the, the phrase, your new normal. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it was going to be the new normal. Yeah, there is no new normal. It's there, just like, what the nothing, fuck? Nothing, nothing is, is normal, normal in any way. So don't try to make it feel like it's supposed to be new and exciting when it's not. Like it's, it's like, it's, I I don't know what that means when like words contradict themselves, but like the new normal thing should be like that, that Mm -hmm. thing, whatever that is. Oxymoron. Um, Thank you. (laughs) That's what my chemo brain does. Well, I would say that's one thing that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I like, to me, it's like, we're reintroducing all of the things to our life that was familiar. That's no longer familiar. And that's why we use the iteration of re, because to me, it's like, we're relearning, we're re-identifying the things that we want in our lives. Right. And, and so when we recover, obviously that one's the easiest one. Um, but like this reclaim, revive, reveal, uh, relax. It's like, all of these are, are parts of our collection that really are meant for the phases that we really truly go through as a cancer patient. So if we were to start, if we were to actually be introduced and be able to get in, into the life of somebody that's been newly diagnosed, they would start with recovery. That, that's giving them the actual garments and things that they need to get through their breast surgery, our loungewear with the drain management pouches, which were the worst, um, yes. you know, making sure that like you can stay as intact to your humanity and your identity as possible when you have what it is that you need to recover. Um, and then the reclaim moment is when you're sort of transitioning, right? Like you're still a patient, you're still undergoing surgeries. You might be undergoing radiation therapy. You might've just finished those things. And you're like, you're so anxious and excited to like get back to life. But you also realize that you're kind of still in that push pull zone where you're not really ready to jump all in, but you're trying to reclaim your identity and, and multiple facets of your life. And then, you know, you can jump to reveal or revive or, you know, some of the other collections, because that's about like getting back to your identity. So if you, the reveal collection is meant to feel sexy, to redefine your femininity, if you want it, to seek out your intimacy, right? Not, not for others, but for yourself, um, treat yourself to that sexy black lace set of something, right? Um, cause only you know, need to know that you're wearing it. I'm actually wearing like the sexy Gloria today. I feel really good in my moo. Nice. But it's just like, you know, like that's what that's like all about is like, kind of like taking you through the phases and the stages of life without like sort of force forcing you into like, Oh my God, I just got diagnosed. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where, how I'm supposed to be and where I'm supposed to, you know, what I even need. Right. Like I say, we don't know what we don't know. So at Ana Ono, it's like, I want, I don't want somebody to have to discover what it is that they need. I want to be as helpful as I can up front to be able to say, I know you love the lace styles. I love them too, but like, you're just not ready for it yet. You know, like, let's get you comfortable. Let's get you safe. Let's get you well, you know, cause like well handled, because I think like, if you feel good, you are going to heal better. Yes. Because everything is connected. Our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies, we are intertwined with ourselves. So if one of those cylinders is broken down, whether that be your mind, because you don't know how to dress yourself, 
whether it be your heart because you don't feel beautiful, whether it be your spirit because you feel like the world's against you or it's your body because it's, you know, scarred and mangled. Like we have to rebuild ourselves. And that's like the pillars of trying to get us to that next point, whatever that next point might be. God, I wish I could have sat in on that marketing meeting where you figured out all of those things. Oh my God. You know, it just, sometimes it just comes to me and I'm like, oh, this is the thing. Then I go to my team. I'm like, am I crazy? They're like, no, no, you're the best. Um, Gosh, we are almost out of time. So we could, we could talk for days. What is upcoming next for you and Ana Ono? Oh, well, you know, um, I'm just really excited to continue our work. Uh, What's next is, uh, trust me, I have a few tricks up my sleeve. So just wait for those. I'm not going to announce any here because they're all in R&D and taking a lot of extra time and work. But well, I'll uh, just have to have you back when you're ready because there's yeah, still so good. much we okay, didn't great. talk about. I'll, be back. I'll always come back. Um, you know, I, I just my my goals are set on being as accessible to all patients and survivors around the world. And that is my goal. Um, we should be launching. Um, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, uh, we should be a, a target on target.com. Nice. Uh, really big opportunity for us will be the, like, I think the only mastectomy bra, um, online That's huge. for their collection. And which is like, brings me so much joy because there's so many people that are probably searching and seeking and looking out mm-hmm. those solutions. Uh, we, we launched on third love earlier this year as their post-surgery nice. bra, which was a huge moment for us as a brand and me personally and professionally, mm-hmm. uh, we've got stores around the world that are starting to reach out to us to carry our garments, some, um, whether they're in hospitals or, uh, you know, centers or stores and boutiques. I mean, it's just to me, I'm, I feel so fortunate because like the, the thing that breaks my heart the most is when I receive an email from like somebody in India that tells me that they have no choices, they have no access, they have no ability to find what it is that they need, how uncomfortable that they are. And I just want to be like, we can get there. We can be there for you. Just like, tell me how I get, tell me how I get to India, you know, tell me and how I get I just, there and I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll make it happen. Let me do Let me do the hard work. But it's just, you know, that, that is that compounds on itself. And I really want, I don't want it to be just a privilege that we have here in the United States or like Canada or developing countries or whatever. Like I want it to be about the community. Well, you are hundred percent doing that. So tell our listeners where they can find you online and on socials. Well, uh, you can get us online at anaono.com and that is A-N-A-O-N-O.com. You can follow us on all the socials at Intimates. And if you're interested in engaging and following my own personal cancer and business story, uh, you can follow me at D-A-Y-N-A-D-O-N-O on Instagram. And we're always here for you. You really are never alone. So just reach out, throw us a comment, send us some love, provide a suggestion, whatever you got, we're here to listen. Well, Dana, thank you so much for being here today. It has been my pleasure to get to know you and more about Ana Ono. And I definitely want to have you back when you're ready to do your new launch. So that would be great. Amazing. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for all the hard work that you guys are doing as well. Well, thank you. So listeners, if you or a loved one need our services, please go to breastfriends.org and check out patient programs. You can make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 414 414- 41444. Sorry, chemo brain uh, or cancer brain. I never even had chemo. Look how the words just come out crazy sometimes. (laughs) Cancer brain. 
41444 to help ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. If you would like to be my guest or send me your warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. You can find our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also watch on the Breast Friends YouTube channel. So remember, we will be back next week and we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other. My Care Crew's mission is to make the cancer journey a little more bearable. They offer products and services that have been specially designed and curated to meet the needs of cancer patients, caregivers, and their loved ones. The mobile app connects patients and caregivers with their care crew to streamline day-to-day challenges experienced in the cancer journey. The app makes it easy for patients and caregivers to ask for help, manage the inflow of help from loved ones, share updates, create wish lists, and more. You can download the free app in the Apple and Android stores today. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network.